Chapter Sixteen of Kate Bonnet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. Kate Bonnet, The Romance of a Pirate's Daughter, by Frank R. Stockton. Chapter Sixteen: A Question of Etiquette. Proudly sailed the Revenge and her attendant bark into the waters of Honduras Gulf, and proudly stood Captain Steed Bonnet upon his quarter-deck, dressed in a handsome uniform which might have been that of a captain or admiral in the Royal Navy. One hand caressed his ornate sword-hilt, while the other was thrust into the bosom of his gilt-embroidered coat. A newly fashioned Jolly Roger, in which the background was very black, and the skull and crossbones ghastly white flew from his masthead as night came on there could be seen twinkling far away upon the horizon a beacon light which in those days was kept burning for the benefit of the piratical craft which made a rendezvous of the waters off belize then the commercial centre for the vessels of the free companions having supposed in his unnautical mind that his entrance into the Gulf of Honduras meant the end of his present voyage, and not wishing to lower his own feeling of importance by asking too many questions of his inferiors, Captain Bonnet had bedecked himself a day too soon, and there were some jeers and sneers among his crew when he descended to his cabin to take off his fine clothes. But his self-complacency was well armoured, and he did not hear the jokes of which he was the subject, especially by the little clique of which Black Paul was the centre. But the sailing-master knew his business, and the revenge was safely, though slowly, sailed among the coral reefs and islands, until she dropped anchor off Belize. Early in the morning, the now dignified and pompous Captain Bonnet, of that terror of the seas, the pirate craft revenge, again arrayed himself in a manner befitting his position, and stationed himself on the quarter-deck, where he might be seen by the eyes of all the crews of the other pirate vessels anchored about them, and by the glasses of their officers. Apart from a general desire to show himself in the ranks of his fellow pirates, and to receive from them the respect which was due to a man of his capabilities and general merits, Steed Bonnet had a particular reason for his visit to this port, and for surrounding himself with all the pomp and circumstance of high piratical rank. He had been informed that a great man, a hero and chief among his fellows, in fact the dean of the piratical faculty, and known as Blackbeard, the most desperate and reckless of all the pirates of the day, was now here. To meet this most important sea-robber, and to receive from him the hand of fellowship, had been Bonnet's desire and ambition, since he had heard that it was possible. The morning was advanced, and the revenge was rolling easily at her anchorage, but Bonnet was somewhat uncertain as to the next step he ought to take. He wanted to see Blackbeard as soon as possible, but it would certainly be a breach of etiquette 
entirely inconsistent with his present position for him to go to see him he was the latest comer and thought it was the part of blackbeard to make the first visit paul bitten now came aft the men are getting very restless he said they want to go on shore they'd all go if i'd let em captain bonnet gave his sailing-master a lofty glare if i should let them you mean sir i am sorry i cannot break you of the habit of forgetting that i command this ship well sir you may tell them that they cannot go i am expecting a visit from the renowned blackbeard now in this port and i wish to welcome him with all respect and a full crew black paul smiled disagreeably i will tell you sir that you cannot keep these men on board much longer with the town of belize within a row of half a mile they've been at sea too long for that there'll be a mutiny sir if i go forward with that message of yours it will be prudent to let some of them go ashore now and others later in the day i will go in the first boat and see to it that the men come back with me and by the way it would be no bad thing if i touch at blackbeard's vessel and inform him that you are here i don't suppose he knows the revenge nor her captain neither i doubt that bitten said bonnet i doubt it very much i assure you that i am known from one end of this coast to the other and captain blackbeard is not an ignorant man so you can go on shore and take some of the men stopping at blackbeard's ship and by the way i want you to go by that bark of ours and give her the old black roger i used to fly i forgot to send it to her and a man might as well not own and command two vessels if he get not the credit of it when black paul had gone to execute his orders ben greenway heaved a heavy sigh now i begin to fear master bonnet that the day o' your salvation has really gone by when ye not only murder and rob upon the high seas but keep consort with other murderers and robbers then i fear ye are indeed lost but i shall stand by ye master bonnet i shall stand by ye and if ever i find there is the least bit o ye to be snatched from the flames i'll snatch it i don't like that sort of talk ben greenway cried bonnet especially at this time when my soul swells with content at the success which has crowned my undertakings this blackbeard is a valiant man and a great one but it is my belief that when we have sat down to compare our notes it will be found that i have captured as many cargoes burned as many ships and marooned as many people in my last cruise as he has so i suppose said ben that ye correction so i suppose said ben that ye think ye achieved the right to sink deeper into hell than he can ever hope to do bonnet made no answer but turned away the scotchman was becoming more and more odious to him every day but he would not quarrel on this most auspicious morning he must keep his mind unruffled and his head high he had his own plans about greenway he was not far from barbados 
and when he left the harbour of Belize, it would be of advantage to his peace of mind, as well as to the comfort of a faithful old servant, if he should anchor for a little while in the river below the town, and put Ben Greenway on shore. Ben gave no further reason for quarrelling. He was greatly dejected, but he had sworn to himself to stand by his old master, no matter what might happen, and when he took an oath he meant what he swore. Dickory Charter was in much worse case than Ben Greenway. He was not much of a geographical scholar, but he knew that the Gulf of Honduras was not really very far from the island of Jamaica, where dwelt, waited, and watched Mistress Kate Bonnet and his mother. If he had known that during the voyage down from the Atlantic coast the Revenge had sailed through the windward passage, running in some of her long tacks within less than a day's sail of Jamaica, he would have chafed, fumed, and fretted even more than he did now. "'Captain Bonnet!' he cried. "'If you could but let me go on shore, I might surely find some vessel bound to Kingston.' or to any place upon the island of Jamaica, from which spot I could make my way on foot, even if it were on the opposite end. Thus I could take messages and letters from you to your daughter and Mr. Delaplaine, and ease the minds both of them and my mother, all of whom must now be in most doleful plight, not knowing anything about you or hearing anything from me and this for so long a time. Then you could remain here with no feelings of haste until you had disposed of your cargoes and had finished your business. Captain Bonnet stood loftily with a smile of benignity upon his face. It is a clever plan, said he, and you are a good fellow, Dickory, but your scheme, though well-intentioned, is unsound. I have too much regard for you to trust you in any vessel sailing from Belize to Kingston, where there are often naval vessels. Going from this port, you would as likely to be strung up to the yard-arm as to be allowed to go ashore. Be patient then, my good fellow. When my affairs are settled here, the revenge may run up to the coast of Jamaica, where you may be put off at some quiet spot and all may happen as you have planned, my good Dickory. Even now I am writing a letter, hoping for some such opportunity of sending it to my daughter. Dickory sighed in despair. It might take a month or more before Kate's father could settle his affairs. And how long, how long it had been since his soul had been reaching itself out towards Kate and his mother! When the sailing-master set out in the long-boat, crowded with men, he stopped at the bark, but did not go too near for fear that some of the crew might jump into his already overloaded boat. "'You are to run up this rag!' cried Black Paul to Clip, the fellow in command. And so saying, he handed up the old Jolly Roger on the blade of an oar. "'Our noble admiral fears that if you do not, "'that you may be captured by some of these good vessels lying hereabout.' "'Clip roared out with a laugh. "'I will attend to the capture as soon as I get out of reach of his guns, "'which he will not dare to use here, I take it. "'But I want you to know, and him to know, 
that we're not going to stay on board and inside of the town if you go ashore so go we stay where ye are till orders come to ye shouted blackpool if ye want to keep the cat off your backs and as he rowed away the men on the bark gave him a cheer and proceeded to lower two boats from nearly every pirate ship in the anchorage the proceedings of the newly arrived vessels had been watched no one wanted to board them or in any way to interfere with them until it was found out what they intended to do the revenge was a stranger in that harbour although her fame was known on not a few pirate decks but if she came to belize to fraternize with the other pirate vessels there gathered together why didn't she do it no idea of importance and dignity which his position imposed upon captain steed bonnet entered their piratical minds when the longboat put forth from the revenge a good deal of interest was excited in the anchored vessels the great blackbeard himself stood high upon his deck and surveyed the strangers through a glass the men in the sailing master's boat rowed steadily towards blackbeard's vessel bitten knew it well for he had seen it before and had even had the honour so to speak of having served for a short time under the master pirate of that day as soon as the boat was near enough blackbeard hailed it in a tremendous voice and ordered the stranger to pull up and make fast this being done a rope ladder was lowered and bitten mounted to the deck being assisted in his passage over the side by a tremendous pull given by blackbeard the great pirate seemed to be in high good spirits and very glad to see his visitor blackbeard was a large man wide and heavy and the first impression conveyed by his personality was that of hair and swarthiness an untrimmed black beard lay upon his chest and his long hair hung in masses from under his slouched hat his eyes were dark and sparkling and gleamed like beacon lights from out a midnight sky the sleeves of his shirt were rolled up and his arms seemed almost as hairy as his head two pairs of pistols were stuck into his belt and a great cutlass was conveniently tucked up by his side ho ho he cried black paul and where do you come from and what are you doing here and what is the name of that vessel with the brand new roger has she just gone into the business that she decks herself out so fine come now sit here and have some brandy and tell me what is the meaning of these two vessels coming into the harbour and what you have to do with them bitten was delighted to know that his old commander remembered him and was ready enough to talk with him for that was the errand he had come upon but captain said he i am afraid to wander away from the gunwale for if i have not my eye upon them my men will be rowing to the town before i know it they are mad to be on shore blackbeard made no answer he stepped to the side of the vessel and looked over let go he shouted to the man who held the boat's rope and you rascals row out a dozen strokes from my vessel and keep your boat there and if you move an oar towards the town i will sink you with that 
he ordered two small guns to be trained upon the boat. The boat's crew did not hesitate one second in obeying these orders. They knew by whom they were given, and there was no man in the great body of free companions who would disobey an order given by Blackbeard. They rowed to the position assigned to them, and sat quietly looking into the mouths of the two cannon which were pointed towards them. "'Now, then,' said Blackbeard, turning to Bitten, "'I think they'll stay there till they get some other order.' Between frequent sips at the cup of brandy, Bitten told the story of the revenge, and Blackbeard listened with many an oath and many a pound upon his massive knee by his mighty fist. "'Oh, I have heard of him!' he cried. "'I have heard of him!' He has played the devil along the Atlantic coast. He must be a great fellow, this... What did you say his name was? Bonnet, said the other. Blackbeard laughed. That suits him well. He must have clapped his name over the eyes of many a merchant captain. Where did he sail before he hoisted the Jolly Roger? At this Bitten laughed. He never sailed anywhere. He is no seaman and if he were not rich enough to pay others to do his navigating for him, he would have run his vessel upon the first sandbar on his way from Bridgetown to the sea. But he pays some good mariner to sail his revenge, and he now pays me. I am, in fact, the captain of his vessel. You mean, cried Blackbeard, that he knows nothing of navigation? Not a whit, replied the other. He doesn't know the backstays from the taffrail. It was only yesterday that he thought he was already in the port of Belize, and dressed himself up like a fighting cock to meet you. To meet me? roared Blackbeard. What does he want to meet me for? And why don't he come and do it instead of sending you? Not he, said Bitten. He is a great man, if not a sailor. He knows what is politeness on shipboard. And as he is the last comer, you must be the first caller. He's all dressed up now, hoping that you will row over to the Revenge as soon as you know that he is its commander. The hairy pirate leaned back and laughed in loud explosions. He is a rare man, truly, he exclaimed. This Captain Nightcap of yours. Bonnet, interrupted Bitten. Well, one is as good as the other, cried Blackbeard and he be well clothed if it be of the right colour. And you started out with him to sail his ship, you rascal. That's a piece of impudence almost as great as his own. Bitten did not much like this speech, and wanted to explain that since he had served under Blackbeard, he had commanded vessels himself. But he restrained himself, and told how Sam Loftus had been tumbled overboard for running afoul his captain and how he had been appointed to his place. Now Blackbeard laughed again, with a great pound upon his knee. "'He is a man after my own heart!' he shouted. "'Be he sailor or no sailor, this nightcap commander of yours, I know I shall love him!' And springing to his feet, and uttering a resounding oath, he swore that he would visit his new brother that afternoon. "'Now, away with you!' cried Blackbeard. "'And and tell Sir Nightcap—' "'Bonnet,' interrupted Bitten. "'Well, Bonnet, or Cap, it matters not to me. 
row straight back to your ship and let him know that i shall be there and shall expect to be received with admiral's honours bitten looked somewhat embarrassed but captain he said my men are on their way to the town and i fear me they will rebel if i tell them they cannot now go there in saying this the sailing-master spoke not only for his men but for himself he was very anxious to go ashore he had business there he wanted to see who were in the place and what was going on before bonnet should go to the town what cried blackbeard putting his head down like a charging bull i order you to row back to your vessel and take my message and if you do it not i will sink you all in a bunch into your boat sir and waste not another minute if you are not able to command your men i will keep you here and give them a coxswain who can without another word bitten scuffled over the side and his boat being brought up he dropped into it now men he said i have a message from captain blackbeard to the revenge bend to it as i steer that way give my pious regards to your sir nightcap shouted blackbeard and then in a still higher tone he yelled to them that if they disobeyed their coxswain and turned their bow shoreward he would sink them all to the unsounded depths of hades without a protest the men pulled vigorously towards the revenge while black paul considering it a new affront to be called coxswain when he was in reality captain earnestly sent blackbeard to the same regions to which he had just referred end of chapter 16